Hello and welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a new Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. So for a light-hearted take on Bristol's progress on and off the pitch this season, stay tuned. In this week's show, we talk about that dramatic night under the lights when we put Bath to the sword and hear your thoughts after the game. We'll look ahead to the next game away at Quinns and reflect on this weekend's World Cup quarterfinals. And we'll finish, as ever, with our regular Gets My Goat feature. I'm Tony, and this week I'm joined by Lee, Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, boys, what a weekend. What a weekend. Have, have we come down off that, that cloud yet, um, Pete? Well, to be fair, Tony, no. I mean, the adrenaline is still pumping. Um, it was a fantastic night. I, I, I've got to say, I think it surpassed what any of us perhaps thought was going to happen. Um, brilliant night, uh, great atmosphere, great rugby, great to see the big boys doing big things, but also some of our uh, younger, lesser lights. Fantastic. What about you, Lee? Can you remember any of it? Well, I can, but we'll get back to that later. Um, no, I completely agree with, with Pete. I mean, that was, it was a fantastic evening. I mean, it was, it did surpass everything we expected. Yeah, I think last season it was, uh, it was fantastic, that, that, that first game against Bath. But to, um, well, Miles, to, to run in seven tries, I mean, did you, did you see that coming? I mean, no, I mean, you know, our friend Lee, he's a bit of a betting man, isn't he? I mean, did you put odds on us winning by seven tries? We, we actually, after the game, we had to count them up because we'd actually, we couldn't remember how many we'd scored. So it, that wasn't because of the amount of beers. We just, there were so many tries we scored, weren't there? Yeah. Amazing atmosphere. I mean, you know, record crowd since the uh, development, redevelopment of the stadium. Brilliant night. Absolutely. And of course, Nathan Hughes, what a sensational performance. And before we talk about uh, Nathan's performance, let's hear what some of you, the fans, had to say just after the game. My name's Tom. I thought Nathan Hughes was what this would be looking for recently. He was a big ball carrier. He took out three players for one try and, and offloaded to a speedster to score a try. He was brilliant. He could have gone to anyone actually to either man of the match, but actually Nathan Hughes is it. Nice Mooney. Uh, talk about Nathan Hughes good in the collision not a bad debut good opening try I think he's a bit unfit I wouldn't say he's, kind of, he's a bit slow around the park a few knock-ons didn't control number 8 but I think he's got a big future at Bristol hopefully get back in the England team My name's Josh and I thought Nathan Hughes had a great game he was really strong on the ball My name is Lynette and I thought Nathan Hughes was amazing and his one-handed ball catch was absolutely well, you know, it was a storming performance, wasn't it? I mean, 20 carries, 102 metres, beating 10 defenders, BT Sport, man of the match. You know, I think maybe, you know, it, those couple of games we saw in pre-season or the, the Premiership Cup games, we could see the potential, but, you know, we, it, it, he maybe didn't show what he could truly do. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I think we have to perhaps a little bit worried with ourselves about being a bit critical in those first games. I mean, clearly he was just warming up, wasn't he? And, uh, you know, he did everything that you'd hope a big signing would do. I mean, just, it wasn't just the fact that he punched holes and, you know, made all those, all those game line breaks and all those yards. It was just the swagger 
yeah. that he had around the pitch. And like, I'll give, I'll let him off his one-handed stuff because it's this, it's all part of his makeup. And and of course, his one-handed um, sort of stuff came into play with one of those offloads, one of the tries. And yeah, I mean, he is. I just think now any team that comes to the gate and sees uh, sees Nathan Hughes, you know, standing there is going to be uh, is going to be is going to be frightened. Yeah, yeah. Miles, what did you think? I, I mean, he had fire in his belly, didn't he? I mean, I, I agree with Pete. A few poor performances leading up to the match, but by far the best best player on the pitch. I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal performance. Anything to add, Lee? Well, not much. Uh, I mean, the only thing I would say is obviously we have to remember is what the weather was awful, and he's still doing his one hand pickups, and it's exciting to watch, and it's exactly what we wanted from a number eight. And he's made such a big difference, isn't it? Because that that being able to get across the game line, that power from the the, the the back of the scrum was something, you know, got a lot of time for Jordan Crane, but this has been a step up with yeah. that kind of performance to, you know, beat defenders uh, and, and get the opposition going back. There's one thing, I, one thing I did notice, I'm a bit intrigued about, and I don't know what you boys think, was that a lot, of, particularly in the first half, I noticed that when uh, Bath were kind of in their own half, you know, looking for the kick, Nathan, Nathan Hughes was back with Charles Piertel, yeah. sort of waiting for the kick. You know, he, he was like all on his own back there. And I, you know, I did, we did mention that at the game, thinking, what is the, you know, is that is that a game plan or is that is that him just thinking, you know what, I really want to get hold of this ball and I want to have a fifty-yard run. I think the plan at is, the uh, at their defence. I think the plan is the closer we get to the goal line. The, the narrower he comes in, and I think that's that. That is then when you get the impact. And but I totally agree. Yeah, but he was playing at fullback. Yes, um, you know I'm really hoping Eddie Jones was too busy preparing for the Australia match to even watch that game on Friday night because I mean that was outstanding. I mean he's, I mean that's as good as England's performance as you'd ever see, isn't it? And, and we talked about it on previous pods, haven't we? That you know he he was in cracking form at the end of last season for Wasps. It is a mystery to me why he didn't make the the squad to to the World Cup. But hey, as a Bristol Bears fan, how how glad are we that uh, that he didn't streamline Nathan Hughes as well? He's lost four kilos in preseason. He's certainly looking. Uh, he's certainly looking fit, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And uh, you following know, your fitness plan. Oh yes. Um, let's talk about Charles Piertel because, you know, we had such high expectations last season and then we had to wait for Charles to be fit. Obviously, he missed that game against Bath last season. But I think, you know, hopefully if we've got a fully fit Charles Piertel for the season now, what an asset he's going to be. And again, some some fantastic contributions in, in the match on Friday night. Yeah, I mean, even though... To our credit, we did suggest that maybe Pat had had them uh, had Morahan and um, Charles and Piatow like literally caged up, ready to uh, release on Bath. I don't think did we really think that? I think we, we were starting to worry. I yeah, think we, really, we we thought <laughs> thought we ought to say it because it was an option. But clearly, what a strategy! You know, those boys were absolutely champing at the bit, and they look fit and they look lean. And I mean, there is nothing better than that little uh, Charles Piatow. Antipodean hop, just as he's going to go around, uh, want to go around an uh, opposition player, and I think you know we, we I mean, I, I reckon a lot of fans would probably have the same opinion as us that they were slightly unfit, might be on the bench. I don't think uh, we expected to see both of them starting and start with just 
match fitness like that. And what about the Wizard of Oz? Isn't it great oh. to see Luke Morahan back, you know, to score, good score in, what was it, the first two or three minutes? Yeah. Contribution, um, assists, you know, a second try. No disrespect to the people that we've seen playing on the wing in, in these Premiership Cup games, but when you see someone of Morahan's quality back in the team, my God, it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. I mean... Apart from Big Jake, obviously everyone knows that, that Luke's my favourite player. And I just think he gives us so much quality. And the finishing is, is just highest class finishing. Um, and I, I have to admit, at the end as well, the, the offload to uh, Ian Lloyd, um, he could have taken that draw on himself. He could have scored himself. And I love that. Moran is a team player. and I love him for that. Uh, and before we talk about Yarn Lloyd, I think you guys met um, a gentleman called Binzi uh, after the game. Let, let's hear what uh, he had to, I say say, it's it's more of a slur really about <laughs> Yarn Lloyd. Right, this is Binzi. I thought we played brilliant tonight. And we absolutely stuffed the boss, the boss. And we're miles, absolutely miles and miles better than them. Right then, um, what I gotta say is, um, Kitty didn't come on for about. You and Lloyd. College. He was absolutely outstanding. Callum uh, Sheedy was missing a lot of kicks. He comes straight on and put his foot between there and up. Well, there we are, Binzi. That he sounded quite a character. Um, now, I, I wasn't actually there for that bit. What was um, that take? Where were you? Well, I, I brought my ten-year-old daughter to the game, her first Friday night game. She wanted to see the full house, and uh, my are goodness, you sure, that's the case. So it wasn't a kitchen diary situation. We have no. to admit, your daughter is a lucky mascot for us. Yeah. What happened last time she came to? La- last time she came, um, I think we scored 100 plus points. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think she might be coming to a few more games. So, um, yeah, t- tell us about a bit about Pinzi then. Well, he was, I mean, he, he he's a passionate boy. There's no doubt about it. He, was, uh, he wasn't shy in coming forward to give his opinions on the game. Um, and and uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he obviously knows his stuff, but I think, I think he'd, he'd, had had, he'd had a good night. <laughs> and uh, but we did we did enjoy speaking to Pinzi and Pinzi's yeah. mates, and we look forward to maybe catching up with them again at other home games because uh, yeah, you know we had a good funny. old bit old banter, and um, actually turned out that one of the lads was someone I used to teach when I was a teacher. <laughs> so it was all it was a fantastic uh, community affair. Have you given up teaching since last week? Then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We become that famous, <laughs> yeah. And and South Meaders, I believe, as well. well. Yeah, I mean, if you want your beans collected in South Mead, Binzi seems very passionate about rugby. I mean, fantastic bloke, wasn't he? Yeah. They all seem to know Joe Joyce. He's like their next door neighbour, wasn't he? Yeah. But it was there was a I don't know if, I, if I'm allowed to tell this quick story, but there was a, a shirt Joe Joyce apparently uh, it was a it was a match worn shirt. It, I don't know if it was shrunk in the wash, but it didn't seem the same size. No, it didn't look like it would fit Joycey, to be perfectly honest. But the, the ironing on was a bit yeah. substandard, wasn't it? But in all in all seriousness, I mean, we 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 uh, Lee Miles myself had a little wander around in the clubhouse after the game, and uh, you know the buzz there was fantastic. Brilliant. We did a few little interviews with our you know with our microphone just to get a few things, but you know it's great fun. That's what's what's great about rugby. You know, different people coming together. 
having a banter, having a chat, and it was a it was a fantastic atmosphere. And um, you know, so I, yeah, I look forward to that again, definitely. And that's why Bears Beyond the Gate is uh, made by fans for fans. And whenever we can, we'll we'll get your opinions on the show. But uh, Yain Lloyd, um, you know, let's get back to him. Uh, what was it? Eight, 18 years, hundred ninety odd days, youngest ever Premiership player for uh, Bristol, and of course our now our youngest ever ever Premiership try scorer as well. I have to admit, when I saw the team on Thursday, to not see um, Madigan on the bench or even Tiff Eden, mm-hmm. I have to say I was a little bit concerned because, you know, I've heard a lot about um, uh, Jan. He, he looks like he's going to be a tremendous talent, one for the future. But on Friday night, local derby against game. Matt, uh, absolutely. I thought, is this really the time to throw someone in like that? But, you know, in Pat we trust. He was outstanding. Yeah. He? he was outstanding. I mean, Positional sense as well. I mean, this is a young kid we're talking about. He could have froze on the night. And he came out and he excelled. And I mean, like you say, Tim, I mean, in Pat, we do trust. And to pull the youngster out of the hat like that, we were we were all amazed. And the performance and to kick the the conversion at the end. The conversion as well, because I, I mean he absolutely nailed that. And I think we, we, we need to have some balance because, uh, you know, that, that, that's what we should do as pundits. Callum didn't have the best um, uh, game kicking. And I think even on his Twitter feed, he said that I'm off to look for my kicking boots now. To, you know, something like great victory. Yeah. Um, but then I think, you know, you think back to last weekend or two weeks ago with uh, Owen Farrell um, against Argentina. Had a bad game, came back and kicked everything. Also, uh, he he had the guts as well to keep stepping forward, and you know, and and that's what I love about Callum Sheedy. You know, he's 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 an honest guy. He didn't have his his best day at the office, but still, still comes forward and admits it. You know, yeah. I mean, we all we all have bad days at the office, don't we? I mean, you know, but it happens. You know, and and Callum, you know, I think that Callum. uh, now, Cam will not be happy and, and you know, I'm sure they'll be analysing it. He'll know exactly what, what, what went wrong and he'll but he's a quite you know, last season he he put enough credit in that he's definitely, you know, just dropped someone just on the back of one. No, you know, it didn't matter in the end. Don't forget, this is the young kid that they dropped in the playoffs. Yeah. And it got us through, you know. He'll come back stronger and I think it will just it'll just sharpen that competition that we've got, fly yeah. off. And actually, going back to Diane Lloyd, I mean he is actually a fly off. He mm. is that's yeah. his position. Yeah. He's come on, as you said, Tony. The faith they must have in him to come on in that the biggest, you know, technically the the, the biggest game of the season almost really because we had to, you know, we had to uh, make an impression on Friday night and you cannot put any necessarily take any risks. So there's obviously you know something going on that we we don't know about and it kind of also calls into you know it's causing us to speculate this whole thing about how the academy works with the first team and the integrated academy squad. It'd be really interesting, I think. Um, to find out a bit more of that, you know, and find out how, what the process, you know, does Pat, was the Iron Lloyd on the team sheet three weeks ago or was it just because his little chip and run that suddenly came up or was, have they got a kind of structured plan? I mean, we don't know this stuff, but it clearly shows that the academy system is working and it is, you know, backing up what he said about yeah. getting Bristol players playing you know, for Bristol Rugby. So, unfortunately, it's Welsh. They probably won't have playing for England. But one of the performance, Lee, I think you wanted to um, 
single out someone? Dan Thomas. Every single time. I just, I love the way this guy plays. I mean, the pickup, the pickup from, you know, for um, the try for O'Connor was just outstanding. I mean, left hand, boom, scooped it. Um, I did want to say that I'm amazed that he's still all in one piece because obviously we were talking the last game, the London Irish game, where he took a complete wallop in. Um, and this week in the Bath game, he got a complete wedgie, at least a three, four foot wedgie <laughs> off of Charlie Yules. <laughs> I mean, what is this take, guy made take of? Take him out of your school days. It, 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 it <laughs> was straight from the playground. And uh, it, it was unbelievable. He could still play on after that. And I mean, just... The hits that, you know, he, the tackles that he makes, the hits, it, it, the guy just is perfect for our team. He is an integral cog for Bristol rugby for me. Uh, absolutely. Again, it's one of those first names on the team sheet, isn't yeah. it? Um, is, is there anybody, I, you know, I don't think anybody had a bad game. Yes, we've talked about Sheely not having the greatest kicking game, but, you know, what a performance. Um but I suppose in the interest of balance, we've got to say, and I'm sure there will be uh, lots of people from Bath that will say, was it a forward pass for yeah. the O'Connor try? Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, it, we, we have to wall our hands up for that. I mean, it, that was, it was a forward pass. Um, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, the forward pass rule is difficult when you have to think about the pace it's happening and Prothero was running at pace and, you know, he can't, you know it's... Is, yeah, it's not quite. I mean, I think if it was obvious, obvious, you know, we had B, we had TMO there, didn't we? It, it would have been it, called back. But it, it was, I it was, it was fairly well. It was fairly obvious. I think. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to watch it back until two a.m. on uh, Saturday morning, um, and it, it was definitely a forward pass. I mean, I, I have to, you know, I don't like to to give bad fans any credit at all but I think there's fair comment in that one well even if that one had been chalked off it would have been still six tries to one and a a, a chance in but and uh, I'm sure Bath fans will point this out um, you know they they had some big players that are at the Rugby World Cup we're talking about Underhill Joseph Cockersinger McConchie Watson uh, is it Francis Lowe um, South Africa so it wasn't their strongest team because I'm sure most of those players would, would would start for Bath. Having said that, you know it's a squad game. They are an established Premiership club, and they still took a thumping. I thought they they just didn't seem to have anything apart from just running straight into our defence, which I think was superb on Friday. And they had, I mean, to be fair, they had after our first try, then they had about twenty minutes of. Sustained possession and, and yeah. territory didn't really. I mean, the one try was you know it was, it was pretty good, a fairly good individual try from Mercer, just going around the back of the the, the ball and going over. But who really, was their best player? Yeah, like a million miles. Even though we yeah, we kept kicking to him all the time, but the, you know I think you're right. I mean, Bath. I'd be worried if if I was if I was uh, Hooper looking at that and thinking for a while we had yeah we had Bristol a little bit on the edge and um, you know we obviously Priestland kept him in the game with some to be fair to the lad with some good kicks and you know one or two great kicks and it took us back to the fact we said that in the you know in the second half didn't we that although 
you know, it was an unbelievable night and we scored seven tries. We were still a little bit on the edge of our seats, you know, until probably kind of well into the second half. Um, but, I, you know, I think fundamentally, yeah, we never really thought they were going to mount a comeback. Well, out, you, you know, but at like 27 minutes, Bath scored to go ahead, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, we were sitting there in the first half thinking... This, this game's in the balance, I think. It could go either way. You know, last year's result was very close, thanks to Rhys Priestland. Um, but Zach Mercer was, I mean, I can't say, he was our only good player on the pitch, wasn't he? He took an Phenomenal absolute game, really. really. He well. got yeah. a little knock in the first half. We thought, well, that's going to quiet him up. But phenomenal, really. I mean, and to be down and then, you know, second half, just things turned around, didn't they? And it, just perhaps it, just shows, it just shows you know why we're you know looking like a great side you know we soak up a bit of pressure for 20 minutes hey, you know keep defend and then we go and we go and, uh, and dismantle them one thing I was going to say is uh, we actually got really praised by Austin Healy as well I don't know if you guys knew that but well, well, I'll, I'll, I'll make I'll I'll make Austin well not the I'll podcast <laughs> not the podcast right, okay. no no he still hates the podcast alright yeah but the actual commentary, he, he, well, hard, he, yeah. he was praising Bristol. He was saying we're well, playing some fantastic well, rugby, and he and he also said the mindset changed from last season because we're mixing the game up yeah. a lot more now than we did last year. I, I, I think that's absolutely true, and I think I think the big difference. I, I, I honestly never felt like we were going to lose that game. Um, where last season I was thinking, oh, I, th- oh, I always thought no, Bath yeah. were just going to maybe pinch yeah. it. But even in the first half, even when they went ahead, you know, we were still playing so much better than them. Well, let's move things along a little. I think there's some other things we want to pick up uh, on. Um, It was somebody's birthday uh, on Friday night and um, John Afoa, you know, you don't get many better birthday presents uh, playing in front of a record crowd for Ashton Gate and beating our our, our arch rivals. Scoring a try. Scoring a try. Scoring a try, absolutely. and, and I mean, I don't know if this is because of our lobbying. Um, I I saw Downsy in the Dolman. He did what? Downsy in the Dolman. He, he actually he actually walked very past us. He was on our little aisle, didn't he? And uh, he, he missed us. We were ready, but it was un, it was unusual to see him there, wasn't it? It was quite funny to see Miles duck his head on the seat because I thought Bans <laughs> yeah. cam was coming. I mean, to be fair, there was the, quite the a lot. The cam was in the diamond. To be fair. For the first time. To I be mean, fair, there was a lot of people around us that were ducking their heads down. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Downsy, welcome to, yeah. to the Dolman. You know, we hope that won't be your only visit this season. I think it will be because it was 36 steps that he had he, to call up. I remember quite clearly. He, he, looked, he looked out of breath. He, yeah. he, he looked like he'd done 80 minutes, didn't he, on the pitch? <laughs> yeah. But uh, great great to see you over yeah. there. And I know you listen to the podcast, so... Uh, come again. Yeah. Come again, yeah. Um, we did have a bit of feedback on our social media channels. Um, uh, a few fans highlighting that there were problems with the the buses, especially the uh, AG1 and AG2. Um, you know, I can't think of anything more frustrating. You're pumped up, ready to come to this big game and buses don't turn up or there aren't enough buses running. So I would urge all those fans to to get in contact with the club. I understand it's the club that that organises the buses, not uh, first bus. So, you know, if you if you were one of those fans that struggled to get to the game, then uh, please, please do contact the club. 
Um, and the other other little gripe I think that we had, and I think it's the first time probably Lee has had 80 minutes of a game of rugby without uh, a beer in his hand because, uh, well, you guys just gave up, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, me and Pete went down to, to get around before the game and uh, the queues were massive anyway, but we were willing to wait. Um, but we noticed that obviously because the bars are kind of set adjacent to each other. This is in the in the concourse because the bars are adjacent to each other. Um, what you do is you, you then have a, a solid line of queue and then people can't walk past and the, it was taking it's, forever I mean, to get it, it does, it does, it does take me back to something I might have mentioned a few pods ago, Tony, about stadium architecture. And uh, it did come to mind when I was uh, stuck in the middle of that queue because, I mean, it's all very well having a stadium that has 26,300 people there, but you've got to assume that when you do have 26,300 people there, you've it's got everything, you know, it's able to cope. And, and it's not just on the night, but it's on the kind of planning and the design. And, you know, a bit, I know, Tony, you're a big NFL fan, but, you know, if you were, you were at some big American football stadium, I mean, Yanks wouldn't tolerate that sort of thing, would they queue in for hours for drink, food and drink? And I, I just think, you know, again, it's not, it's not easy, but it needs to be It's not as if we didn't it? know, do did we? It's not yeah. as if, and it wasn't as if that we haven't had this um, before. Like, you know, it happened last year. You know how much, uh, you know what it's going to be like. And uh, whilst it's, you know, it's not easy, I think you, you can't, you know, you've got to plan around just having loads of people coming to a stadium. And also there's the dehydration problem because I, I was well, really struggling about 25 years in. But let's look on the, yeah. Yeah. But look on the bright side, Lee. You didn't have to get up. Five times and go to the yeah. toilet, didn't you? So you actually saw the whole game for once, which... Uh, I, I purposely got a ticket on the end of the Nile for that reason. Yeah. And, and you stayed in your seat like, for the whole 80. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what's going on there? It's a first. None of us have never had a beer yeah. at the rugby. I mean, I thought Lee was going to kick off at one point. Well, to be honest, yeah. he, was a, he was like a changed man, wasn't he? I would have if I could have got to the pitch, yeah. Mark. I mean, it's basics. If, if Lee invited six people around to dinner, well, no, he doesn't ever, he'd have six plates, wouldn't he? I don't know six people much. Oh, just on, a very quick final thing on, on that, on stadium architecture. It just struck me as I was talking about the toilet thing is that in the Dolman, there are these, there are, there's a big load of toilets there where there's no urinals in them. They're just cubicles. That was and weird. It's, like, it's really yeah. weird. It's like it's for blokes. So, and everyone's in there, not sure, like... Who's going and, where? Where's it? And, and you're like, mm. I don't understand why they never put your rhymes in there, but you look like you've got an answer to it. Well, do you remember the first season that that stand opened? They, they were women's toilets. Oh, there you go. And then they they, they changed them. Um, yeah, absolutely. The, the beer, I think some of the beer ran out as well in the sports bar. Yeah, reports yeah. of kills not working as well. You know, and... I think last season, maybe the club didn't expect, you know, the crowd and maybe how much booze was going to be consumed. But, you know, this was almost a carbon copy of the opening game last year, Full House, Bristol versus Bath. Um, you know, the beer should have been better stocked, I think. And I think they do need to do something to up the uh, the, the service that's on offer um, at, at these games um, because you know they, they've probably the club have missed out probably on quite a lot of yeah. money yeah okay let's move on then um, let us talk about the next game which of course is Harlequins away next Saturday fabulous result um, we are recording this podcast on Sunday evening and Bristol Bears sit proudly 
uh, atop of the, the 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 Premiership, the Gallagher Premiership, the only team to score uh, get five points. Um, I'm also add the bath the bottom, rock bottom. But um, it, it, it's been a funny old week for results. Um, I see, you know, Irish have gone to, to Wasps today and, and won there. Um, Sale, didn't expect them to lose at home to, to, no. to Gloucester. And of course, Saracens as well, going down 25-27 to Northampton. Um, and yes, teams are affected by the World Cup and probably none more than, than, than Saracens. But it just shows you how potentially open this season's going to be um, with, you know, lots of Rugby World Cup stars yet to come back, possibly not back for another two, two and a bit weeks. Uh, we've got the Six Nations. Um, you know, this could be a wide open premiership this season. So let's let's talk about Quinns then. Um, what changes, if any, would we make to that starting 15? No, 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 maybe well, the bench. I, just, I don't know. No, I'm just sure. Are you sure? I, uh, well, we've got Ali Piatau to come back. I mean, he's, he would have had a... Um, no, it was Ali Piatau. Oh, yeah, there you are. Um, so he's got a couple of weeks rest. I mean, you know, World Cup captain. He's got a bit between his teeth. He could add another dimension, couldn't he? So there's someone in the backs we could rely on. But apart from that, personally, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't, winning change team. wouldn't change anything else. I, I, I mean, you're right. There is that argument. Don't change a winning team. Um, but you could argue that our kind of second half performance team was 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 pretty soft, was pretty impressive um, uh, on Friday. And actually, I think a couple of subs coming on made a little bit of difference. And you know, again. Love him to bits, but I don't think they. Um, Andy Uren had his best game either, and you know, and with him and Sheedy now, when Harry Randall came on, Harry, and uh, you know, I just felt the game was a little bit sharper, a little bit quicker. Yeah, I'd and we agree, know yeah. that there is a very. I think there is a. It's hardly any difference between those two scrum halves at the moment. And I think you know, if I was Harry Randall and, and I came on, and you know, I'd be thinking, well, come on. Come on, Pat, you know, we're so close. It, you know, what's the point of me coming on? I made a, a great performance. You know, I play well. Maybe I should be starting. And, uh, and I think with Andy, I did notice a few things in that game that, you know, when you're not having a great game, you start to try and divert attention away from <laughs> what you're doing. And there was a couple of times where, when it started to annoy me a bit, where when I they know. were kicking it out, Andy was like telling the linesman where the ball had got out. It's like, and, and, and I've noticed that. And Carl Sinclair did it as well um, for England against the Aussies. But it kind of it kind of strikes because you know I find that as a teacher sometimes when the kids are starting telling you that uh, that other things are going on. So I think maybe would I you think Randall for you or maybe I, I think the two for me are uh, potentially Leoa for Prothero on the ring. Um, I think it depends who he's going to be up against um, on, on that wing. And and Voy, um, you know, Joycey, I mean, what a magnificent picture that was of Joycey yeah. with fists in the air. Uh, but, you know, Chris Voy now has been back at another week training with the team. You know, I don't know whether maybe I'd swap them um, a, a, around and put Joycey on the bench to, to come on as an impact player. So it's it's going to be interesting. Obviously, Quinns have still got uh, Joe Joe Marler and uh, Carl uh, Snickler at uh, the Rugby World Cup. Is that Carl Snickler? Is that Carl Snickler? Carl Snickler. What is it? 
<laughs> Sorry, folks, that's the cheeky beer sinking in. Yeah. Kyle Sinkler type of thing, not, not Snickler. It's not Snickler. He scored yesterday. That's, that's the first mistake you've made <laughs> in five episodes, don't <laughs> He is human, folks. <laughs> so this won't get in the edit. So, so I mean, Quinns have still got Joe Marler and uh, Kyle Sinkler at the Rugby World Cup. Um but most of their other players, they have nine actually at the Rugby World Cup, but the, the other seven will be back because they're teams that have already been knocked out. Will they play though, do you think? I, will they, I mean, if ours are back, I think, you know, theirs will probably play. We, uh, you know, Stoop's always a difficult place to go. I think that's, you know, after next game, you know, when we've got over the bath euphoria, if we can go and do a job at uh, Harlequins, then I think we can really see um, exactly what progress yeah. Pat and the team have made this our season. Away, our away form does need to improve. You're listening to the Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on the Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and TuneIn platforms. If you'd like to contact the show with your comments and ideas, you can email us at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at bearsbeyondgate. Right, Rugby World Cup. Um, as our regular listeners will know, we've been looking at the Bristolian connections at the Rugby World Cup, and uh, now we're getting to the knockout phases. That's becoming fewer and fewer. But Miles, I believe there was somebody you wanted to uh, point out. Well, yeah, I think our last connection to Bristol now is um, Siali Piatal, uh, who played his last game for Tonga and is now retired from international rugby after last weekend. And because we did the podcast before that last game, didn't we? So we so, weren't able to mention it last week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he had a man of a man of the match performance. He, he scored his try and he was carried off by his teammates at the end. Um, I mean, I watched the interview. He was in tears. I was nearly in tears. Um, tremendous performance and dedicated game to his you know uh, his late sister who died earlier this year which was just fantastic really what an amazing guy to go out and lead his country um, and you know we're so so proud to have him back and playing in Bears Strip now I mean the dignity uh, on both the brothers I think it's absolutely fantastic you know I mean they are legends Absolutely. Didn't he, he had a cheeky little conversion at the end as well, didn't he? He did, for the, he did. For, yeah. for, for the last try. So Siali, um, uh, a fantastic way to, to bow, bow out at a World Cup. Um, so uh, and we look forward to, to seeing you in Bears colours. Let's have a quick, um, we've, we've watched, I think, between us most of the uh, quarterfinals this weekend. Um, England came alive. Um Almost looked like they were copying Bristol Bears' performance, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Three, three points shy, really. They must have watched Friday night's game. I think they had. They had BT Sport on, didn't they, the, the day before, yeah. the night before. And yeah. So you're welcome, England. So fa- fantastic to see England through, really starting to um, move up the gears there. And uh, really, Australia didn't, um, you know, were, were made to look second best. Then we had the Ireland game against New Zealand um, and probably, um, you know, New Zealand played their best game of the tournament by far. Um, but again, I think there was a comment wasn't there about somebody else playing their final um, uh, match for their country. Rory Best, of course. I mean, dare I say, my wife was nearly in tears while following that post-match interview just amazing guy. Uh, I mean, there was uh, credit credit from the whole New Zealand team about Rory Rest last game. Um, again, he, he was choking in his interview. 
and I was nearly choking over my cup of coffee on the on the morning watching it. Really, it was emotional. I mean, like it, you know, to see him uh, when they did the national anthem before, and the, the guy was uh, literally he looked like he he was going to break down. It was he didn't like sing a, it, did he? Did you remember sing it? He didn't yeah. sing it. I didn't. Maybe I did think he he couldn't sing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and but we also should mention like Sexton as well. I mean, Sexton's not going to see another World Cup. Yeah, uh, two Irish legends. Yeah, I, I suppose if you're going to go out in, in a World Cup to to go out to New Zealand, there's there's no uh, there's no shame yeah. there, especially the, the the way they played. And of course today, um, we saw Wales, and uh, you know, congratulations to Wales for for getting through, but. They certainly didn't play that well, did they? They, they, you know, the red card changed the game, um, um, and they're certainly going to need to up their game um, to uh, to stand a chance against South Africa. But what a cracking weekend of rugby next weekend, eh, boys? Two two great semi finals, and um, yeah, we'll reflect on those. But yeah, the Bristol Bear connections are, are starting to uh, come to an end then at the Rugby World Cup. We still have Genji there, boys. Genji's still there, and obviously um, uh, the Munapola brothers, uh, a former Bristol okay. player. So yeah, uh, yeah we can we can keep it going as long as uh, England stay in. Right now for our final part of the podcast. I know lots of people like this. It's um, gets my goat, and boys, I think it's um, it's my turn this week. I am going to talk about. Glory seekers as my gets my goat. That's people that just change their allegiances willy nilly. Um, and I've got to say that um, the podcast now we I, I feel quite humble because we we have had we're we're well into the thousands now of downloads and listens listeners. Uh, we've got people from all over the world. We've got people listening to the podcast in Australia, South Africa, America, Canada, Japan. Um, and some of them are getting in contact with the show. And I had an email this week, and this this is absolutely pucker. Uh, I'm going to read it out for you. And it says, mole in your team. <laughs> so it says, dear team, at no point have you mentioned that Pete once worked at the recreation ground. <laughs> And was chummy with many of the Bath rugby players. You have a mole in your ranks. Thanks from Hong Kong. And he signed it S. So, do we know who this is? Well, my name's not Pete. It's certainly not me. You know, you're with you, Wood. You're Bristol through and through. And I certainly... Not an adopted Bristolian, so it's definitely not me. Yeah, Miles, I mean, Miles, you're posh, which, which could qualify you I definitely, don't, I definitely don't wear a blazer, mate. No, no blazer and slacks. No. So, Pete, that just leaves you. Now, <laughs> you were one of the co-hosts <laughs> of a Bristol Bears podcast. Yeah. Have you ever had allegiances wow. with our arch enemies, Bath Rugby wow. Club? It depends, Tone. It depends what you mean by allegiances, okay? Have you from ever a, have you ever a, worn the Bath badge? Ooh. From a, a, a previous job, <laughs> having... Always lived well, having lived in Bristol for nearly 20 years, uh, I did, I can confirm, have a job that did require me to go from my home in Bristol on the train to Bath to work. 
And uh, it was a it was a pro- purely professional relationship that I had. Uh, I was a, I was I was running a, a study centre. Um, it just happened to be at the at the rack. Mm-hmm. Um, but all it was to, it was to do with it was to do with uh, it was to do with um, improving literacy and numeracy among For kids, disadvantaged oh, kids. Um, and you know, from time to time. I had to I had to do a prof- the professional thing, which was to uh, was to promote the work, the good work that I was doing amongst all of the kids of, of, of Bath and North East Somerset and North Wiltshire. Um, but I'd like to point out, Tony, that you know, on, in my defence, in my defence, <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to do things to get the job done. And uh, I have been in Bristol since nineteen ninety nine. 99. Uh, 99. I have, uh, I came so here. I've been in Bristol longer than I was when I grew up at home. So, uh, I feel that, you know, I've been here long enough in this, uh, in this town to have allegiance to, to the rugby club. Um, but you know, sometimes we all do things in a professional capacity that we're not proud of. Um, and yeah, it, it is true. You know, there might've been a time where I might've, uh, did you wear the badge? I, I can't remember. Now listen, boys. Let me, uh, the, the, the fan that emailed in the, the listener to the podcast. And I, thank I you very much as well for that information. Thank, thank you. Yes, thank you. It's from, nice from, to think someone listens in Hong Kong from, yeah. from Hong Kong. I, I emailed them back to thank them, and he just gave me a short note back to say he used to have a page in every Bath Rugby match program. <laughs> yeah, and if you uh, do your research, Tony, and read them. You'll do. You'll you'll find out that it wasn't about Bath rugby. It was about how we could use rugby to promote learning. And I think uh, very much like our uh, our master Pat Lamb uh, is often saying that it's all about using rugby as a concept to enhance the uh, uh, to enhance the community and to promote learning. And that's all I was doing, Tony. I was I was I was using the game of rugby as a motivational tool. It just happened to be in a location that perhaps isn't the one that you liked. So right here, right now, are you going to swear your allegiance to Crystal Bears and renounce all these companies? I mean, you're, wearing, you're wearing the shirt. I've got a bro- but, Tony, I've got but, a brand new, brand new polo shirt on that costs at least 35 quid. That to me, that's allegiance. <laughs> whoa, whoa. 35 quid for a polo shirt. But you have to, you have to mean it, Pete. You have to mean it. Mate, you all I can to... say it, you look me in the eyes and I'll tell you. There we are. So we th- thanks very much for sending that in. Um, it would appear that um, we we haven't got a mole, um, but that's it for for today's show. Thank you very much for listening. So uh, a big thank you to Lee, to Miles, and to Bath Pete. That's it. For- <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>